friends, Josh Cheney, first day with us. Josh, so grateful for you. We've introduced you to the congregation uh, virtually last Sunday, but it's good to be with you in person uh, and to enjoy your leadership on this first Sunday of your being with us in this capacity. And I want to say also thank you to Laura Bratton, who has carried us these uh, several weeks, as mentioned earlier, that feel like perhaps six months, maybe. Um, but rain, sleet, snow, or Omicron, nothing stops. <laughs> Laura Bratton. So thank you, Laura, very much. We weren't able to gather, obviously, last Sunday as bands of uh, heavy snow swept over the French Broad Valley. Nevertheless, the heavens, according to the psalmist, were teaching Bible study, and the firmament was busy preaching, thankfully. This is the lead-off line of our psalm. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. The stratosphere teaches, and the deep blue preaches, she says. Even when there's no rabbi or priest or teacher or preacher, the very days themselves pour forth speech. And even under the secrecy of night, creation is philosophizing. Now, I am getting nervous that God always seems to send these snows on Saturday nights. This has been a pattern since I've come here, at least. Uh, so I said, it makes me suspicious which churches around here God is um, preferring not to meet. <laughs> All of them? Or just an irksome few? Probably Baptist. But there is a pattern to it. It seems to me that God gets a, a kick out of Saturday night snow. But if the heavens are telling the glory of God, what are the details of this glory? And if the sky is preaching God's handiwork, what points and what poem are we to hear from it? And if the days and the nights are appealing to us for conversation, what is it they have in mind to tell us? I wonder if the Creator sends the snow to draw our attention to the details of God's glory. On a normal day, looking out from our windows of our homes, we, we see what we always see, don't we? But under a blanket of six or nine or twelve inches of snow, we see not what we always see, but a bright white that makes even the dawn and the dusk incandescent. The same tree limbs that were stripped of their colors in the fall are stretched out uh, an unclothed vulnerability, but are now clothed in prestigious velvet and sateen. Utilitarian things like manhole covers and storm grates are buried and put away from view. Even the discarded Christmas trees are surprised and comforted to find themselves decorated again. Here, creation says, look upon the snowscape and remember the glory of God. So we survey the unblemished vistas as Isaiah would look upon the hem of God's robe in the temple. And in all this sacred newness, we say, glory. 
I wonder if it's by precipitation that the sky often preaches, making of each snowflake and pebble of sleet a little word upon a word, and every inch an eloquent stanza. In his reflections on the psalm, C.S. Lewis said of this psalm, Psalm 19, I take this to be the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. Without speaking aloud, the firmament's message echoes from every mountaintop to every valley to say, Be still and know that I am God. For in these heavens I have set a tent for the sun. Even for the sun, the sun who courses across the sky with strength and joy also rests. The sun goes into his tent. The nimbus stratus clouds pour forth knowledge and we awake to new creation. I wonder if God sends the snow to invite us into conversation. Look, says the Lord, it's not only the high pressure meeting the low pressure. It's not only the, the Arctic air flowing from the north and the moisture streaming up from the Gulf. That's how it snows in North Carolina most of the time. I have a close student of this as a former student who did not always enjoy being at school. I was always watching for the north cold wind to meet the moisture from the Gulf right over top of North Carolina. Best days ever. But it's not only the nor'easter and the northwest flow. It is I, the Lord. I am speaking to you. Little children, set down your screens and come out and play. Mothers and fathers, you set down your screens too. And don your coats and gloves and join them. Young and old, able-bodied and homebound, look and listen. Behold, I'm doing something new. Do you see it? Show me that you know this luminosity is gift by, the, by design. And then the psalmist makes an abrupt turn. It almost seems like two different psalms in one, two different poems. The psalmist begins to speak of God's law. We go from a tent for the sun to the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. What's going on? I was enjoying the snow, and now we're talking about laws and ordinances. Psalm 19 has invited speculation that it is two psalms sewn together, and maybe it is to the naked eye, but to the eye of the heart, we can see the intertwining of God's creation and God's instruction, God's wisdom, God's word. This is what law or Torah means, the light of the sun on the new fallen snow, and the revelations found in scripture complement each other. God's creation and God's will belong to each other. They illuminate one another. Both enlighten the eyes. In his last Christmas sermon, December 1967, King said, it really boils down to this. All life is interrelated. We're all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied into a single garment of destiny. Now with all this snow, this sermon wouldn't work in Houston. The preacher would need different 
weather or astronomical metaphor. But here in Appalachia, creation points us to God in its own peculiar and beautiful ways. So then can we see a fresh blanket of snow on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend of all weekends as both a promissory note for a new creation as well as an invitation to embrace the justice that not only he preached, but that a whole people preached and still preaches. My and Aaron's bedroom lies on the northwest side of our house. The cold northwest winds cast a dusting of snow across it last weekend, such that it seemed to paint the whole side of the house with thick plaster. But our windows also face the direction of the interstate a mile or two in the distance, and each morning we can hear the world wake up from the echoes of the busy traffic and the, uh, the evil down-shifting trucks uh, speaking to us through the hollers, but not on snowy mornings. No, when the firmament proclaims it's handiwork, and the night declares knowledge, and the sun has just come out from his tent. The early morning preaches in silence. The world is so still. You're surprised when you discover that the rest of the world doesn't stop to. And we don't wait to the low din of traffic, but to the incandescent light of the sun on snow glowing through our curtains and inviting us to open our eyes. That has been a really difficult thing to do for years now. In the frustration of these recent years, how many of you are frustrated right now? Yeah. <laughs> I am so frustrated too. In fact, I, I really deeply connected with a, a group of mothers I read about earlier this week. You may have heard about this too. Uh, that have begun meeting together uh, with their very narrow window of spare time just to yell. <laughs> just to scream into... The, into the, the void, into the night. Uh, that's where we are now. I know it has been incredibly frustrating and, and painful and paralyzing. There, there's not enough time, not enough words, or not words big enough to to describe what we have been through, what we're still sitting in. We're all worried about so many things, our families, our friends. Perhaps some of us have said goodbye to people across this time. And all the frustration of these years. 
After all the barriers to our gathering and thriving, after all the injustices exposed and amplified in our communities, after our nation's collective and insistent refusal for generations to recognize that we are all caught up in an inescapable network of mutuality, can it be that at the very least there is good news and creation's silent speech. There's one thing I am sure of. And there's one conviction that I carry in the core of my soul and that you share along with me, is that we know from the gospel, from the kerygma, from the proclamation of the saints, that on the other side of death is resurrection. And it won't be long before the rhododendrons begin to bloom and they're followed by azaleas and a group of many of us will gather in the sacred garden and remember this story pronounced with an exclamation point. But right now I want to tell you, do not give up. Be frustrated. Shout into the void. I encourage it. We call it prayer in the Psalms. Speak back to the firmament who is preaching to each one of us and know that God is up to something new with us and has been for all this time. It just takes a different kind of listening. Will we hear it? The sky's sermon, creation's preaching. In spite of saying so much this morning about silence, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer.